regardless of just your background, religion, and, and uh, your upbringing, this is a place you can belong before you believe. Uh, the smell of pizza is very strong in this room so because they delivered it way early. So you're just going to have to deal with that temptation as I speak, okay? Um, but let, let's, let's ask this. Let's, let's answer this. You know, why do I have to do things? Essentially, in the Bible, what we read, you know, over and over again is the story really, it points to this God who created, you know, um, this world, created humanity in his image. And we see this, uh, you know, a God literally like, like saying, do this this way, do this this way, you know, and you'll be blessed and, and, and all of this. And then, but what do we see like consistently throughout? Um, we see people try to do it their own way. And, and over and over again, we just see that all throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament. And, and, and at some point, you kind of go like, well, why, why does it matter? Why actually do I have to do things his way? Why can't I just do what I want? You know, I, I read about, in, you know, and I've heard Steve say there's unlimited grace, right? So there's grace. So if I do something and he doesn't like it or it doesn't align with what he says, at the end of the day, I know there's going to be grace for me. So it doesn't really matter. You know, um, he's given us free will, right? He's given us free will. Why would he give us free will if then he's got us uh, on this limited, you know, life uh, plan that we can only do this and not do that? And so um, I think we ask this, why can't I just do what I want to do? And does it matter? Because at the end of the day, he's going to forgive me, right? Because God so loved the world. And, and we take that into our mindset. And where, where I really see this played out, is people that will say, oh yeah, I'm all in on that. I believe that. I understand that. And yet how they live is literally like the opposite of what it says in here. And, and, and at the end of the day, we kind of have this conversation and it's like, okay, so, and I have this conversation literally today uh, where they're asking me what they should do in this situation. And I'm telling them what the Bible says about that situation but essentially, they're saying, but I don't want to do that. And I said, well, at the end of the day, you have that choice, right? Free will. And, but he's, he's saying to do it this way, his way. And I think what they were confronted with, the people I was talking to, they were confronted with the reality that what they wanted to do was different than what God wanted them to do. And at the end of the day, they wanted what they wanted. To, they were going to do what they wanted to do. Like they, they were going to win that argument. And so I said, listen, I mean, you've got free will. You've got free choice, you know, but what you're choosing to do is in opposition to him. And, and what, man, we see over and over, there's consequences of that. And, and so, but in their mind, which I think enters a lot of our minds is God is trying to hold me back. Right? God, God designed this. This is written in this book a long time ago. I live today in today's world. And what that says is actually holding me back from what I know will make me happy, most fulfilled, and will bring me what I want. And so I think we have to start with this reality that of what we're saying. If, if I don't want to do things his way, it means I don't believe in his way. So you just have to come to that conclusion, right? So if, if you hear me say something and, and it aligns with God, God's word, which I hope it does, um, and you disagree and you're like, I'm not going to do that. Your problem isn't me. 
unless I'm saying it in just like a way that just a jerk, right? And sometimes people speak God's word in a way that's just, they're a jerk. Unless I'm doing that, at the end of the day, your problem isn't me. Like the people I was meeting with, I go, listen, you can argue with me all you want. It doesn't really matter. Like I didn't, I didn't write this. So I think for, for us, we have to be clear what we're saying when we say, okay, I understand it says that, but I'm going to choose to do this. Your, your problem isn't with a person. It's essentially what you're saying is, um, I don't believe in your way for this God. It means I don't actually believe that route is what's best for me, for my happiness. So if I understand what he's asking me to do and how he's asking me to live. And I think we got to differentiate because a lot of times, you know, we make decisions and we don't even know that God's word has something to say about it. Okay. So let's be clear about that as well. Like I know so many people, myself included, who would make decisions and I just didn't even like, I didn't even know the Bible had something to say about it or that God even cared about that. Because there's certain things that I would just do that I didn't think was that big of a deal. But then I read in scripture, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is a big deal. I need to look at it differently. Um, And so there is that. I know that a lot of us live in that or we're just like literally debating, do I go all in with God's word? And I think the best part about somebody who is wrestling with that reality is when they're wrestling with that reality based upon what they know it's calling them to. And they understand that. They understand the weight of that. And they're operating in that tension of going, man, can I go all in with this? Because what I see most of the time is people just going, oh yeah, I want that. And they go in with it, but they, but they essentially still are doing the exact same things they were before. And what they're saying is, I don't actually believe it's best for me. Okay? So if I understand that he's asking me to live a certain way and I choose to do the opposite, I'm declaring by my actions what I actually believe in. Right? You guys can sit here, nod your heads, agree with me all you want, but the proof of what you actually believe is how you live. Okay? It's the thing I think about all the time. I've got boys that I'm raising up that I love, and I, I so desperately want them to see that me being a pastor is not something I do, um, but it's who I am. My relationship with God isn't my occupation, that it's actually a part of, of, of like, it's, it's the passion of my heart. And, and I want them to grow up seeing that. Not that I'm perfect. I, like, I don't want to hide mistakes. I want them to know I'm flawed. I make mistakes, but that's why God is so incredible. And, and so I think we really have got to get to the point because, I mean, you guys, when you disobey your parents, um, and, and probably more so growing up, and, and obviously this is very real for the stage of life I'm in with my kids, but when you disobey, you're actually saying, I don't believe you know what's best for me in this moment. Okay, like when I, when I think about like growing up and the decisions that my parents would, or the things my parents would tell me to do, um, you know, and then I would do the opposite. What I was telling them was, without verbalizing it, is you don't know what's best for me. You don't know what's going to make me the most happy. You don't know that I'm different than you. I don't agree with your rule. That's not what's best for me. That, that deadline, you know, that curfew that I need to be home by, that doesn't work out for me. Okay, you don't know me. I operate better the later the night gets. So I'm gonna choose that, right? So I'm essentially telling my parents, I know what's best for me. 
you don't. Um, and, and so we take that same mentality when it comes to the Bible and we'll read it um, and, and, and we'll ask for advice from somebody who knows and they'll be like, well, this is what the Bible says. And what we're saying when we say, that's great, it says that I'm going to do my own thing is I actually know what's best for me. The Bible doesn't. And, and, and so I think, I think we, we've got to, first of all, start with that, that that's what we're saying. But then second, why does he require me to do things his way? Like, like, let's just sit in that question for a minute. Why does he ask me to do things his way? And your response to that actually reveals a lot of what you believe to be true about God. That response, why does he require me to do things his way? Because in your mind, and how you were raised, you may see this angry God up there, like just, no, it's my way or the highway. That may be your response when I said, why does he require me to do things his way? It's a fear-based thing, right? Um, or for some of you, you're like, man, I, I, I don't think he's like that. I think he's, he's asking me because in some way he knows what I need to do. He knows where I need to arrive at. And so let's unpack this a little bit. Um, in Joshua chapter one, Joshua's in the Old Testament. Joshua, you know, uh, if, if you grew up, you know, uh, going to church, Joshua was the, the guy that, that led everybody, the nation of Israel, after Moses died. So Moses played this big role. He, he led the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and he leads them to the point of almost going to the promised land. Then he makes a huge mistake, and he's not allowed in, which just sucks, Okay. You got to lead these people for 40 years. You get there, you're finally there, and then you screw up. And then God's like, go up on this mountain. You can look at it. You're not going to lead them in. Okay. And so that happens. And then right after that is uh, the leadership of the nation of Israel is given to this guy named Joshua. Okay. Now, Joshua is this incredible leader, incredible warrior. And I, I always go back to Joshua chapter one because it really brings me back to the heart of God in why he asks us to do things his way. And so I just want to read, I'm going to read part of it. If you get free time, read Joshua 1, 1 through 9, but I'm going to read just verses 5 through 9. And this is, this is God speaking to Joshua. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous Remember, this is a guy that's given this crazy level of leadership. He's stepping in for an icon. And, and, and so like he's sitting there before God, like overwhelmed as any of us would be. There's millions of people. I'm in leadership now over them. What do I do? And so then God says, be strong and courageous for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, guys, if you're having an interaction with God and that's the interaction, how are you feeling? You're like, let's go. It's like the greatest motivational speech ever. And so he's there, you know, like I said, stepping into this crazy high level leadership role, totally, you know, not prepared in his mind. And, and, and God is like, get up, be courageous. I have incredible plans for you. You're going to lead my people into this land that I've promised them. And I'm going to be by your side, just as I was with Moses. I'm going to walk with you through this. And then he says something, right? He says multiple times, be careful. What is he saying? Be careful about. He's saying, be careful to obey the law just as Moses was. Be careful to observe all that I have commanded you. Meditate on it day and night. Think about these things. Dwell on these things. Not because you're going to be perfect. Okay, I want to be really clear. You guys, perfectionism is something we've built up. Scripture does not. There was only one who's perfect, Jesus. Everybody else in this book, flawed, full of mistakes. Okay? Not that you're going to be perfect, but, but he says, you need to focus on following through with what I have commanded you to do with the, with the law, with, with, with my words that I hand delivered to you guys. You need to stay right on that path. He says, do not turn to the left or to the right from that. Now, why? Why did God say that? Why did God say that to Joshua? Like I said, I go back to this passage all the time. Is he sitting there going, don't do that because I'm just waiting to get you? Did he say, do that because I want you to be miserable? Did he say, do that because I don't want you to experience all that life has for you? I want you to live this life that, that kind of just stinks and you look out your window and everybody else is having fun, but you're stuck because you're Christian or, or like you're the one that, that never gets to fully experience fun. Like, is he saying that here? Because that's what I think a lot of us think. He's not saying that at all. He's literally telling him the very things that were the desires of his heart. He's telling him the things that any of us would hope or pray to achieve or to accomplish, um, to live this life to the fullest. And God is saying, all of that I have for you if you will do this my way. So, so you guys, why do I say we, we have to start with our perception of why he would want us to do things his way because it communicates our view of God? What I love about this is God's heart is that Joshua would experience everything he has for him to the fullest. But he says, Joshua, you will only get there if you do this my way. Now, once again, what's the point of my way again? The point of my way is God's best. It's God's best for Joshua. It's for that nation. It's, it's blessing after blessing in his life, in his leadership. So that's what God is putting on the table and saying, listen, this is what I want to do. I want to I give you all of this, but do this my way. And, 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 and it's not, once again, you don't have to be perfect, but I want you to be focused on that. So you don't turn to the left or to the right, because when you turn to the left or to the right from my way, it starts to become your way and your way led to them wandering around the desert for 40 years. I want to bless you. I want to change the, the perception of my people. I want to see all of this come about. Just do it my way. Guys, when you think about 
that question. And why would God want me to do things his way? Why would he want to control my life? Why can't he let me have fun? You, first of all, have no idea how fun fun can be. You have no idea what will fulfill your life. You have no idea how blessed your life could be. And you won't unless you choose to do it his way. Now, I'm not saying like, hey, if you do things his way, he just wants to, he's going to load your bank account with all this money uh, and all those things. Uh, I'm not saying that at all. Okay, so that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're never going to be unhealthy uh, or that you're going to be protected from all these sicknesses. I'm not saying that. Um, You guys, in fact, man, some of the most blessed people are the most poor people. Okay, I I learn a lot from, from people that don't have much. When you travel to another country, you are convicted because they're so happy and you're sitting there like, what? what's wrong with me? They're happy in this hut and I'm back home with my 2,000 plus square foot house going, oh, it's not big enough. Oh, the kids are on top of each other. Oh, we need to like spread them out a little bit. And they got like a family of eight in a room. Like, it's just like, our, we're so warped in our mindset, but I really think it comes down to this like reality of, of what we view when he says to do things his way. We actually think he's trying to limit me. He's trying to hold me back. And guys, everything you read is the opposite. This is an incredible promise to these people. If you obey this, I'll bless you. Guys, with, when, when you think about um, him asking us to do things a certain way, his way, And he spells out what that looks like, how to walk in that. He gives us Jesus as the ultimate example. You know, he's literally laying that out for you to experience life in the way where you are going to be blessed in the greatest of ways. He literally wants to bless your life. Okay? And and you're going to get this. It's going to click the moment that you become a parent. Because like I said, that changed my whole view of God because immediately as this child was birthed into the world, I'm thinking, how the heck can I just spoil the crap out of this kid? That's all I want to do is just buy stuff for it. Him, it, he was a boy. (laughs) It was an it at first. It was like, well, that's nasty. What is that? Ah." You know, like cover it up, cover it up, you know? And then they're like, cut the umbilical cord. And you're like, "Uh." (laughs) that's nasty. Anyway. I'm a visual thinker, you guys. My head is so far gone now. Uh, guys, ultimately, he, he says, do this my way. I want to bless you. Guys, when, when it comes to your relationships with friends, and he gives us all this wisdom and how to navigate through relationships. When he says, don't gossip. When he says, uh, to love other people as you love yourself, all of that. Like, he's not saying to do that, to hold you back. He's trying to teach you how to have the most meaningful, deep, and joy-filled relationship you could have with someone. When he talks about romantic relationships and walking through that, he is not creating a standard. He's not saying do this this way so that you don't get to experience love. No, he's, he's paving the way for you to experience the greatest of love. 
Okay, like, like when you think about these other decisions uh, that, you, that you make, like, like what do I do in this moment? Do I, do I cheat because I don't think I can pass or I didn't, I'm not prepared so I have to cut a corner here? Do I tell the truth in this moment? Um, do, do I go to church? Uh, do I take this job that, that I have or, or, or this job that's offered uh, to me? Do I go to this school? Uh, do I actually put him first before what I want to do in this situation? Guys, all of that comes back down to your belief that either he's trying to limit and hold you back and control you, or he's trying to unleash you into the greatest life that you could experience on this planet. And, 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 and so over and over and over again, we see this consistent message that what he's asking us to do is coming from a place of love. It's coming from authority. It's coming from wisdom. Uh, and it ultimately brings incredible rewards in your life. In Romans 6, 16, it says this. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? And this says either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. So I have a choice of who I'm going to choose to obey. Okay, you all have a choice. Who are you going to obey? Okay, and, 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 the, and literally your life is going to go in one of those two directions. You're going to choose to obey yourself, what you want to do, or whoever you give that seat of authority to, or you're going to choose to obey God. And it says one is sin, and it leads ultimately uh, to death. Um, and, and, and listen, it's not just this like physical death. It's, it's like this, these, it's an eternal death of, of like all these things in your life. It's the death of relationships. It's, it's the death of things that could have been that you're choosing. Once again, I don't believe that. I'm not going to obey that. I'm going to obey what I want to do. And so you get the fruit of that life. And ultimately what happens in that life is it doesn't work. Ultimately, you find yourself there and you're actually at that place where you chose to be, but it's, once again, it hasn't measured up to where you actually want to be. And then over here, you have this opportunity to live in obedience uh, to God and actually end up in this place called righteousness, which brings about incredible peace, joy, love, hope, and fulfillment. Guys, I, I, I just... And when you read this as this long set of rules for yourself, you're just missing out. You really are. This is literally God's word to you, teaching you how to grow, how to understand who he is, how to understand how much he loves you. And ultimately, he, he calls you into this life that will bring incredible blessing. And so that's what I want to encourage you to think about. Because when I started creating rules and expectations for my kids, the older they got, I didn't create those so that they'd be miserable and live this horrible life. And guys, you may have issues with your mom or your dad or both your parents for the rules that they set. But let me just tell you, you know, they started putting rules into your life because they cared about you and, and they wanted to protect you. They wanted to guide you. They wanted to see you flourish in life. Like that, that's what the heart is. 
there is, is it's never like, I just want to establish all these rules to control your life and, and to be uh, this mean dad. Like, like no, I, I, I literally, man, I create rules and expectations for my kids because I want them to be successful. I want them to thrive in life, in relationships. I want them to be safe. Uh, so when, when I actually ha- have created expectations, rules, and guidance for my kids, that actually demonstrates how much I love them. Guys, if I just said, hey, kids, have fun. There's the street. Go for it. Do your thing. Figure it out, okay? Do what you want to do, and, and I'll be back here, okay? All of you would like, you would you'd say you're a negligent parent. You're awful. Why would you let them run around in the street and do what they want to do, right? But that's what we say about God too. Like, like we're, we're like, God is so mean because he would, he would give us these, these rules and, and this way of doing things. Why would he do that? Why would he want to control me and all of that? And we miss out on the heart of God and, and, and you would criticize a parent for that. But when it comes to God, you're criticizing him for creating a map, a guide for you, ultimately to protect you, to help you uh, receive these blessings he has for your life. And, and you're like holding him, like you're, you're, you're mad at him. And, and, and it's literally like my kid in the middle of the street, like, you know, and me saying, hey, you need to get out of the street and him being like, you're a jerk. I love this street. Why would you say that to me? Why would you tell me to get out of this street, right? But that's what, that's what we sound like. We're like, God, you're trying to take my freedom. You're trying to make me into all of these things. And he's sitting there like, would you read this? Would you read why I'm calling you out of the street? And, and would you see, open your eyes to what I'm calling you into? Like, guys, that's, man, he, he literally spelled it out for us. How do we know what is obeying him? What is disobeying? We see in John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So God's word is truth. That is how we base right, wrong, these decisions. That's when you're struggling. You're like, man, what do I do? How do I get through this? Like, man, you go here and you get, uh, you get wisdom, you get understanding into these difficult decisions you guys are making. And um, it's, it's hard to do things his way though. Like, I want to emphasize that. I don't want to be like, oh, it's so easy. Why is it so hard? Because how he asks us to live doesn't always agree with culture. Okay, that's what's tough. Guys, like, like at the end of the day, a lot of times it's not even deep down you that's pushing back. It's what you know this means if you do it his way. You know that it means people are gonna look at you. They're gonna talk about you. They're gonna say, oh, you're this kind of person. You're judgmental. Oh, you're judging me. You're, you're, you're like this. Oh, you're one of them. You're so afraid of that label that, that literally that label is holding you back when you know God's intentions are good. Think about that. That's how concerned we are. That's how consumed we are with with fitting in and playing this role or looking this part. And God's like, what are you doing? Do you guys realize that the things, the the perceptions that you care so deeply about right now in a year, two years, you're not even going to care. You're not even going to care. The the specific people you're concerned about right now, more than likely in two years, they they might not even be in your life. Okay, like in Ben, uh, I was there, my best friend is there, and we were talking about all our old friends. And, and I was sitting there, and, I, and we were just walking through different friends, going through where they're at now and all that. And, and it was literally like maybe three that we had talked to in the last 10 years. And these are people that in college, it was like everything. 
And so I think one of the things that you guys, I want to just encourage you with is things always feel bigger than they actually are. Like, like we always play, like we feel like a lot of times we feel like, man, everything is against me right now. Well, no, it's actually like two people right now. Uh, like, I just feel this way. And it's like, why do you feel this way? Well, someone said something like, man, stop giving that person this voice that in your life. They don't deserve that voice, right? But, but we allow culture in this to like uh, put us in this box and just say, man, this is it for you. And this is awful. And we care so deeply about not being that, that we're willing to like ultimately say, I'm going to do things my way, because I know that God's way, man, it's going to be, it's just going to be tough. Guys, Jesus lived in a way that in many ways conflicted with culture. This is why it's tough. You'll be doing things that are different than what others are doing. You're going to be called certain things, labeled certain things again. But you know what? Here is the greatest example that I want to just kind of close with here. In Romans 5, 19, it says, for as by the one man's disobedience, that's Adam is talking about, that many were made sinners. Then it says, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Who is that? Who's it talking about? So by the one man's obedience, Sunday school answer, Jesus, Right? Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. So what is it saying? By Jesus's obedience, all are, all can be declared righteous. So you guys, ultimately what Jesus modeled in his life, you guys, all throughout was obedience to the father's will. So Jesus didn't say, do something I didn't do. Jesus modeled obedience to the Father to the very end. And through his obedience, you and I have the opportunity to receive salvation. So when you sit there and you go, man, why is he calling me uh, to this obedience to do things his way? You better be thankful he calls us to that because... Jesus modeled that. And because Jesus was obedient, it talks about how Jesus was obedient, obedient to the point of death on a cross, okay, for you and for me. And, and so when you think about that obedience and what it brought Christ to, it brought Christ to the point for him, ultimate pain for you and me, ultimate blessing, so that there is a way for us to have eternal life. And so when we read scripture and when it calls us to live a certain way, you guys, it's not creating these expectations um, and this assumption that you're going to be perfect, that you're never going to make a mistake. It's saying, listen, it's worth it. God wants to bless your life. And Jesus modeled it to the very end. And it brought the greatest blessing on all of humanity. Uh, and it changed the course of time. And so guys, when you think about being all in, and going all in. And when I say going all in to this, I mean like literally saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to obey. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in step, in stride with God's word. When you think about that decision, you guys, I want you to know right now, it is not this like weight. I do not feel this weight in my life. Like, oh my gosh. Oh man, I just broke one of the 10 commandments. Man, I just did, like, I, I don't live under the weight. I actually, like, like, by doing it his way, it's brought freedom. It's blessed my life in so many ways. And guys, I want to see that for you. 
I want to see that for you. And, and part of it is, man, you're just going to have to fight against this perception. And you're going to have to fight in some ways against the box that culture is going to try to cause you to fit in, whether it's the decisions you make, the, the job you take, where you live, uh, the person you marry, all these things. Like you're going to have to make that decision. And because he loves you so much, he allows you to make that decision. But because he loves you so much, he says, please do this my way. Please do this my way.